Maybe your art comes to life through words of healing or in the comfort of your home when you invite people over. Or maybe it does come to life on a canvas. But don't wait. Don't overthink it. Just Mm. do it. And that's good enough. You're listening to If That Makes Sense, the Family Life original podcast where we talk about what life's really like as a Christian in your 20s. I'm Tim. I'm Robbie. I'm Trinity. I'm Becky. And Becky is a new person with us. I mean, you're not a new person, but you're a new person (laughs) in the podcast. I am. We all know you, obviously. It's very wonderful to have you here talking with us. It's wonderful to be here. So today we're talking about creativity and specifically... Some ways maybe also that creativity shows up in the new year in 2021. Creativity in the new year and what that looks like and what creativity can look like. But my first question, as we talk about creativity, what is your own relationship to that descriptor of creative? Well, since I'm in costume, (laughs) I suppose I will jump on I'm wearing pants that are covered with paint because I wind up painting a lot for what I what I do for work and also for funds. So yeah, I guess I would consider myself a creative person. And I don't. It feels too pompous to be like I take pride in the fact that I'm creative. <laughs> but I sort of I sort of enjoy the fact that I'm creative. I like being called creative, and that's something even my mom I think encouraged that when I was a kid. Like, oh, you're so creative and. And, and any time someone would throw something away, like my mom would throw away, she always tells the story. I don't remember it, but apparently she threw away a tissue box. And I was like, Mom, you just threw Santa climbing out of the chimney in the trash. And I just apparently I turned it into Santa Claus or something. So or when I when she was trying to make me a birthday cake when I was three and it was Big Bird and it was just his head, you know, which logically is just said. And I'm like, Mom, where are his legs? <laughs> And she's like, it's okay, sweetie, it's just his head. And I was like, trust me, Mom, he needs legs. So apparently my creative mind was going, even as a three-year-old, you can't just have the big bird head. So I think in a lot of senses I, I, I take pride in the fact that I'm a creative person and I enjoy being creative. On the flip side, I feel like that term creative or, or they're a creative, like a yeah. you're a this or a that, I think sometimes the label irks me a little bit because <laughs> there's negative stereotypes that go with it too. Hmm. Well, you're one, you must be one of those that loses your keys all the time and you must be <laughs> one of those that just was never very good at arithmetic and you must be, mm-hmm. and I feel like all those negative things get, I'm like, you don't know me. You can't <laughs> assume that I forgot my keys because I'm creative. You can't lump me in this box of, well, you're creative, which means you can't be this list of things. Mm. And so that like, there's a side of me that's like, I love that I'm creative. And there's a side of me that's like, don't stick me in a box. So yeah. I think it's probably that your mouth is open like you're going to say something. <laughs> say it. Say what you're oh, going to say. Oh, that just completely resonates with me, Robbie. <laughs> oh, my word. In high school, I was the art nerd. And I feel like a lot of people assume like, oh, well, she must not be very good at chemistry or algebra because she's in the art room, you know, which, you know, I guess... I wasn't great at those things, (laughs) but that's neither here or there. What I want to say is I guess I would define myself as a creative person as well. Again, like starting from like a really young age, just like with how I played with my friends or by myself, you know, there was so much creativity. And of course, with being a creative person, I think all of you can agree, there also comes a lot of doubt and insecurity with that as well, which I think I'll probably touch on more Mm -hmm. later, but... 
yeah, I love being creative. I love all kinds of mediums. I love to paint and I love to make music and bake and all kinds of fun stuff. So there are many, many ways creativity shows itself. And that's why I'm excited that I'm talking to such creative people today. Actually, I kind of worried beforehand before inviting this group to talk on this topic, like, oh, there's too many creative people here. <laughs> but See, actually, <laughs> I don't think so because everybody here is creative in a very right. different mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Right. And so I'm excited about that. Yeah. See, it's interesting that you bring that up because I would not necessarily define myself as a creative person <laughs> because I have that weird kind of split down the middle where I love being creative and just taking a random, fun, creative thought and turning it into something tangible. But I also have that side of me that loves to nerd and geek out. And (laughs) I love science and I love how food and things affect our bodies physically and what that can do, whether it's beneficial or not beneficial or random fun facts that is just all nerd-based, basically. (laughs) Um, So it's interesting, the topic of creativity, because yes, I resonate with that, but I also very much don't resonate with that, Um, especially when I have super creative people that I'm around. It's like, okay, they are definitely creative. Yes, I'm creative in this way, but it does not measure up at all. Hmm, Mm. That's a whole other conversation. Comparison. (laughs) Yes. I feel like we all all are like, oh, this person is more this than me, or like more that than me, and more that, and it's so easy to fall into that trap of like, trying to stack yourself up against somebody else and see mm-hmm. how much this they are, how much that. And I think that's where I feel like that's where I have to bring God into it because I feel like he's the one that like I made Trinity and she's got this style and that's what I wanted for her. And I've got Tim and he's got this style of the creative stuff that he does. You're not a painter, but you do other creative mm-hmm. things. And Becky, I made her really interested in all that stuff that I don't understand. And there's no cookie cutter, you know? It's like he mm-hmm. broke the mold after he made each of us because he's creative and he doesn't repeat himself. You know, he's like, yeah. you're unique yeah. and you're unique. And he literally, like, I love where it talks about he knit me together in my mother's womb. Like, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Like, he literally made you. And so he gave you only this. And he gave you only this. And he gave you only this. And we'll never be able to be like anybody else. But I feel like that's the way he wants it. I have always had this desire to learn how to draw or to paint, and I know people who can do that really well, but I cannot. Um, And I love to quilt, and part of quilting is the very end process of putting the quilt all together, the top and the batting and the backing, so you can actually use that. I basically take a giant sewing machine and use thread to draw on fabric, just (laughs) a repetitive design or whatever comes to mind. I don't know why that does not translate into a pen and pencil or Mm. to paint in a paintbrush. I can try those things. It does not work. But as soon as you put a sewing machine in my hand, I'm good to go. Mm. And that has – I've had – I initially had the desire to draw and paint. And I didn't realize that it was going to be fulfilled in learning and growing in my skill as a quilter at the very end process of using a long arm and painting on fabric. So you might have that desire and it might be fulfilled in a slightly different way than what you thought, but the fulfillment that is there is so rewarding. I'm glad you jumped in, Becky, because sometimes I'm like, oh, put the reins on rabbit because I'll just keep going. <laughs> like, you gotta tell me when to stop. Because I was gonna jump in, but I'm glad you did, because there's that. And there's so many there's there's so many other ways to be creative too. And this is finally the moment that I get to talk about aquariums on the podcast. <laughs> it's here. It's here. <laughs> 
It's in the room now. Because I love aquariums. I love them. But I feel like that in itself, it's like, oh, you have to choose the right size aquarium for your space. And then you have to choose, are you going to do salt water or fresh water? And if you do salt water, you have to stack the rocks just right. So there's these nooks and crannies for these fish to go this place and this nooks and crannies. You you have to get the lighting just right so it bounces off the water and reflects the colors that are in the fish. And then fresh water, you got to get the driftwood. It's called aquascaping. You can YouTube it. It's out there, people. And I'm serious. There's YouTube channels out there where they take driftwood and they'll literally spend hours trying to get the driftwood just the way they want it so that your eye travels from this piece to this piece. And they pick out the right plants that the tall plants go in the back and the short plants go in the front. And you get this lighting, which pulls the color of the fish out. And it's literally then it's a living piece of artwork. There's things that are creative that are, you know, landscaping or sewing or mm-hmm. baking. You know, like there's all kinds of – it's not just paint. Mm-hmm. I have a story, I guess I'll tell. Art and creativity is so much more than being a painter or a singer. I wanted to share the story about when Tim and I bought our first home. I was so keen on making my home look like something from a Joanna Gaines magazine. It was like, I want this cool farmhouse style, and I just, I just love the trend. Several months in, we're we're renovating, and I'm just getting so burnt out and Mm -hmm. so sick of it because it's like, why am I trying so hard to make my house look like every other woman's (laughs) house in America? Like, where is the personality? Where is the originality in this? And I just got so frustrated, and I finally was just like, you know what? I want my home to be a reflection of me, Mm -hmm. and I'm just going to toss the trends out the window, to be honest. And I did that, and I found so much freedom in letting those things go, those expectations mm. of, you know, what people on HGTV would want your house to look mm-hmm. like. I was like, you know what, I'm just going to do my thing. I love my house so much more because of it, and I've just been able to be so creative with my home, which kind of brings me to my next point is, for me, hospitality has kind of become an art for me. Mm. It's a creative outlet for me, I guess. I just love preparing for somebody to come over. Hmm. It's just such a a really unique opportunity because I know that the Lord has given me this gift of hospitality and I, I want to use that and I want to invite people in and I want them to feel comfortable and safe and loved and heard and seen. And so for me, I get to create this environment where they feel those things. It's a creative thing. It's hmm. it's it's art. And there's this book I read earlier this year called A Million Little Ways by Emily P. Friedman. And so I'm going to read this quote because she's talking about her sister who also really likes to host people. Her art comes out when she hosts, not because she makes it perfect, but because it makes her come alive. What is most alive in her is poured out and wakes something up within us. And I just love that because I really feel like that is me. And I I want to wake something up in my friends. I want them to feel inspired. I want them to feel loved when they're over. That's just kind of become a creative outlet for me. And I think creativity is so much more than what you can do on a canvas. It's mm. inviting people in and being truly yourself and vulnerable and, and letting people have a piece of that. Well, I've seen people be creative in discipleship. That reminds me mm-hmm. of that. Like some people are like just creative in the way they reach out to you know, younger people, like, let's go on a backpacking trip. Like, I feel like that's creative way to disciple or let's, my mom has, there's neighbors down the street and she's like, I'm going to teach you how to make caramel corn. And the kids are in there with my mom making caramel Mm -hmm. corn, you know, like what a creative way to disciple instead of, would you like to sit down and have a Bible study? You know, Mm -hmm. like that's obviously has its place, but I feel like there's, 
There's so many ways to be creative. And that reminded me of like, oh, yeah, there's people that are creative in the way that they even disciple people. I, I love that when you really break this down and look at it, it really is just the case that creativity is not meant to be limited to a certain kind of person. Like you can be a creative person and you can feel free to be a creative person wherever you've been put with whatever you've been given. The next question we've kind of already talked about, and you've probably already shared some of what you were thinking about for this next question, but I want to hear some thoughts on what you think God wants to do through and with our creativity. I think there's so much purpose in creativity, and I, I really feel like God gives us those gifts to bless others. I mean, mm. it's fun for our, you know, it is fun to to paint and to be in your zone and just to start doing something and be like, look what I made. But I think there's just something so wonderful about having somebody in mind when you're making something. Because I don't know about you guys, but whenever somebody is given something to me that was made specifically for me, it's just like, it's one of the ways that I feel most loved, I think, because yeah. I just feel like this person was thinking of me. I guess we shouldn't underestimate how much power those things have in our lives and how much they mean to people. Every single person has something that they can offer, you know, and that they can love others through it. Yeah, it, even looks, it looks different from person to person, but it's there because creativity is just woven into our beings because like Robbie said, God is creative. Because we're made in his image. We're made in, in the creator's image. So we're creative. I would argue that we're all creative. We might not all be artistic. Those are different things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Those are different things. So say you're planning a party for somebody. Trinity, you're saying somebody making something for you with you in mind makes you feel loved and makes you feel valued and makes you feel seen and known. And, and planning is maybe not typically thought of as a creative thing. That's like a very analytical thing. If you plan something, though, in such a way to show somebody that you know who they are and you make something special for them... That's a really creative thing. That's a really creative thing. I mean, Parents have ever, you know, planned a surprise party for you. I've had surprise parties planned yeah. for me and you're like, you thought of me. You <laughs> <laughs> thought of me. And how yeah. much does that mean? Like, that's really you. That's a huge thing that's used in your life mm -hmm. by God. It's a gift from God that he used somebody else to give you. Mm -hmm. And he used the creativity he gave them to give that to you. Yeah. Did anybody... Have a scripture reference for this question? Mine is from Genesis, where literally the creation account takes place, where God is literally inventing these things from nothing. Mm -hmm. Like, look at all the crazy animals. God was like, and there you go, and there you go, and he made all these things. And chapter 2, after he creates all of this cool, cool stuff, we could even talk about succulents. I have an affinity and a love for succulents. <laughs> So he finishes all these things. Then, after all this stuff, the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Scholars out there, correct me if I'm wrong, but I read this passage and it's like, oh, God spoke the fish into being, and he spoke the plants into being, and he mm. said, let there be light. But when it came to man, he literally mm. takes the dust with his God hands and like sculpts a man, wow. this beautiful, perfect man. And that should be enough, but it's not. Then he literally <laughs> breathes into it. And then his, his sculpture, 
I mean, Michelangelo, like, ting, 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 you know, making David. Well, David's just going to stand there in marble forever and not move. <laughs> but God forms something and then literally puts himself into it, and it's then it's alive. I, I don't know, just the fact that we're made yeah, in yeah, his yeah. image and That's literally awesome. hand-formed by everything else he just spoke. That's really cool. But God literally took his hands and out of the dust. I don't know that that really answers your questions in terms of what we're supposed to then do with it, but I just feel like any good, beautiful idea you have, even if it's to touch someone's life or reach someone or teach someone as a teacher, I mean, literally anything good you can think of to do, I feel like it's from him and he wants to use it to touch other people, not just be like, look at this painting I made, give me praise and accolades. (laughs) I feel like it is supposed to be used to bring other people joy and hope and comfort and closer to him. I have to make a side note. I love how you just described that passage in Genesis, Mm. too, just because Mm -hmm. you hear that so many times. You've heard it over and over and over again, but I love how you describe it because you're like, oh, my word, that's amazing, right? Yeah, that's exactly how I feel. Thank you for for doing that. That was just really cool to hear. I felt really cliche Mm -hmm. going to Genesis. I believe in Psalms 139 where we are fearfully and wonderfully made, and I feel like there's so much emotion that goes into Mm -hmm. creating. Mm -hmm. Um, If we are Mm -hmm. fearfully and wonderfully made, we are made with an emotion behind that Mm -hmm. creating. Um, So I feel like God wants to use creativity as a way for us to express emotion towards other people, like Mm -hmm. Trinity was saying, but also as a way for us to express what we're feeling. I know at a particular time in my life, it was pretty difficult and I couldn't really be around people because of physical uh, illness. And to express myself, I had to find other ways to do that. So mm-hmm. I could find ways to do that through creativity with specifically quilting. Mm-hmm. And then that has kind of changed and morphed into the years where, okay, if I am really need to think about something or just I can't really put words to what I'm feeling and express it, I can usually do it through a creative means. And I know of somebody who uses baking in the same way. If they're frustrated, they're going to go bake. If they're happy, they're going to go bake. If they just My mom. are feeling all of these, it's not who I'm thinking of, but yeah, her too, um, have all of these pent up emotions, their way to release them is to be creative. So I feel like God wants us to use our creativity to release those emotions that we may not be able to release in other ways. I mean, we were fearfully and wonderfully made. There was emotion behind that. I love that. That is really cool. Speaking to a specific Bible verse that talks about creativity. I've shared this before on this podcast about Exodus 4.2, where God asks Moses a simple question. He says to Moses, what's in your hand? Mm. And maybe you've heard somebody share this perspective before, but it made a big impact on me the first time I heard it. Moses is sheep herding at the time. He's just a shepherd And he's just got a mundane job. And God wants to do miraculous things through him. And God wants to fulfill things through him. And God wants to use him powerfully. And he asks him, what's in your hand? And Moses says, a staff. And it's probably the shepherding staff. And God tells him to throw it down. He does. And it becomes a snake. A miraculous thing happens through Moses' mundane tools of his mundane circumstances. And God's going to go on to use that staff to part the Red Sea. And he's going to use the staff to bring water from a rock. God wants to do all these miraculous things, starting with Moses where he is as a very mundane worker in a sheep field. 
So God's asking him, what do you have in your hand? When you yield it over to me and give it over to me, that's when I can do something with it. Mm-hmm. I like to look at that to come back to if I feel a burden for creativity, if I feel like I wish I was being used by God to do something that I consider to be creative, I don't need to throw everything off and forsake all responsibilities and follow my heart to go and chase that creative dream. That might be what the world would recommend. What God asks me is what's in your hand right now. Mm -hmm. And so it might not be like an artist's paintbrush. It might be a paint roller. (laughs) But if I'm faithful in that, God can do something through it. And then the other one from Exodus, not generally a book you think about with creativity, but one of the verses that I think speaks most clearly to creativity and maybe even explicitly artistic creativity is in Exodus 31, verses 1 through 5, and then part of verse 6, where God is talking about the tabernacle and all the requirements for making it. He's telling Moses who to have make it. And it says, Hmm. Then the Lord said to Moses, See, I have chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skills to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze, Hmm. to cut and set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of crafts. And then a little later on, he says, also, I have given ability to all the skilled workers to make everything I have commanded you. So the people who have to make this tabernacle, God's already prepared them beforehand. And you wonder, has this Bezalel guy been making artistic designs already? And God's going to use him to do that? Or has he never done that before? And God's saying, Moses, pick this guy because he doesn't know it yet, but he's a goldsmith and an artist. I don't know which it is. I just like to take it as... If you have a skill, God's given it to you and he wants to use it for something holy and set apart and sacred for him. Whether it's artistic creativity or whether it's just your mundane circumstances, yield it over to God and see if he doesn't do something really miraculous through it. I want to hear some thoughts, if you have them, on maybe some unexpected ways that creativity could show up for us in the new year. Us here, like you yourself, but also just anybody who's listening who's anywhere on that spectrum of considering themselves a creative person, or maybe they don't think of themselves that way yet. I'm thinking of a phrase that sounds maybe counterintuitive to this conversation, but think inside the box. That's something that my supervisor here says a lot, and that may sound funny at first, but Sometimes when you are restricted by certain boundaries, your creativity is forced to think in a way that it never would if there were no boundaries. Mm. Or the example of if you're flying a kite, there has to be tension in that string. Otherwise, the kite is going to crash and burn. You know, you need those rules to tie you down during this time when there are lots of restrictions. Oh, you can't sing unless you're 12 feet apart. You can't do this. You can't do this. It has caused the performing arts department to sort of think differently. You know, we had to write our own kids show for the summer because the one that we had wasn't going to fit into the restrictions. And so it forced us to do something that we never would have done in writing our own show that wound up being better probably than what we would have just gotten from the script. So it's forcing us to think about things differently. And so like, what are those secret COVID blessings we like to call them that If you would have just done things the way you've always done it and not been forced to think 
inside the box, you might come up with something even more creative because you have a boundary than if you didn't have a boundary. And so that's just, that's kind of been an interesting phrase for me. Like, hmm, how can boundaries make me even more creative than if there were no limits at all? I had a quote I wanted to share actually as well. Her name is Sandra McCracken. And it's from an article she wrote for Christianity Today called Cultivating Chaos. We do not have to be skilled with a paintbrush or proficient on a musical instrument to tangibly reciprocate God's creative gifts back to him. Giving shape to a garden or making a financial spreadsheet can fuel creativity in chaos. When closest friends are scattered by distance, we can mail a word of encouragement. When we are overwhelmed by fear, we can journal our grief and gratitude, testifying to God's presence in our daily lives and remembering that he is making order out of chaos, like the spirit over the deep waters. Small, creative offerings are more than just self-expression. To make is to be an image bearer of God. Here we see evidence of the spirit's renewal within us. God is always at work, even beyond what we can see or understand. In creation, with Mary, And in the days of the early church, the Spirit of God is with us. And she's referencing there how she was talking about how when Mary was approached by a messenger from God to bear the Son of God into the world, it was chaos. It was not normal. It was, it was, it threw her life out of order. It was going to mean very difficult things for her circumstantially. But she said yes to it because it was God's will. And she let him cultivate through that chaos, and he created life in the situation. So she wrote this article thinking about, I'm assuming, thinking about 2020. You know, what can you do in your chaos? Mailing a letter to a friend. What can you do in your 2021 is the question that's out held out to us. Whatever kind of chaos it might be that's in front of you, how can you work with the circumstances you've been given, limiting though they may be, to see what kind of life God wants to bring through it? I would say don't be afraid of failing Mm. Um, because so often I know for me personally, fear of failure stops me from pursuing the creative endeavor that I would like to. But failure can be a very good thing. It can let us know, you Mm. know, I want to be creative and I have this creative desire. I'm going to try expressing it this way. Well, it may not work that way. And if it doesn't, then you know it doesn't work or you keep pursuing it several times and find out where it really does work. But it helps you kind of figure out, okay, I want to be creative. I have this desire to be creative. It helps you eliminate what areas you may not be creative in to find that area that you are creative. Um, So don't be afraid to fail a little along the way because sometimes failure can also lead to the best memories. Mm. Um, (laughs) There's lots of positives to failing initially. Somebody very dear to my heart told me once, do it afraid. And I'm not sure where it comes from. I feel like a lot of people have used that for different quotes. Mm. But that really stuck with me because oftentimes we let fear hold us back. Mm. The courage will come, but there's going to be fear. But don't stop. Don't stop there. Mm. I think what makes creativity and art so beautiful is the authenticity and the vulnerability that comes with it. And it's it's a really beautiful thing and it's a really terrifying thing to let people see that part of you, but it's wonderful. Mm. And I think there can be so much freedom found in just embracing that part of ourselves and letting people in, giving that piece of ourselves to others. Maybe your art comes to life through words of healing or in the comfort of your home when you invite people over, or maybe it does come to life on a canvas. But don't wait and don't 
overthink it. Just、mm. do it <laughs> and be afraid, and that's good enough. And don't underestimate how much those small little things can really change somebody's life. Or their day and how impactful that can be to them.、Um, and I do have a quote that I feel like kind of would wrap this up really well. Again, it's from A Million Little Ways from Emily P. Freeman, and she says, "As you move to the rhythm of the Spirit of God, what is within you that you can now give to someone else, not for the glory of yourself, but as a person who bears the image of God in the world? What are those things in the deepest part of who you are, the personality and desires and unique blending of history and circumstance and longing?" What is most alive in you, as you are united with Christ, that you can now pour out as an offering unto God for the benefit of others? No matter how small, how weak, how meager, no matter what skill or training or lack, that's what it means to uncover the art you were born to make and release the art you were made to live. You are God's workmanship, created in Christ to do good works, to carry out the inner desire of Jesus to make art with your life. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of If That Makes Sense, the Family Life Original podcast about what life is really like as a Christian in your twenties. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd be so glad if you would share it wherever you share things you care about with the people you care about. And while you're at it, subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. And I'd also like to point your attention to the other Family Life Original podcast we're excited about, Therese Talk, where Family Life Mornings radio host Therese Maine encourages and challenges Christian women so they're better equipped to serve their families and communities around them. Plus, there's always some fun and practical, helpful life tips along the way there too. Just search for Therese Talk on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks so much for joining us, and we hope to talk with you in the next one.